chapter number 51 to the choir master a psalm of david when nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone into bethsheba have mercy on me O god according to your steadfast love according to your abundant mercy blot out my transgressions wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. We shall consider those two verses. And this is the fourth of the seventh penitential psalm. It's a psalm of David. And as we've already noticed, we're given the the background to it. The title of the background is to the choir master, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet went to him after he had gone in to Bathsheba. So the Lord had sent Prophet Nathan, Prophet Nathan to speak to David. And to rebuke him for his sin. And as it was in David's life, one sin had led to another. Not only had he committed adultery, he had conspired against Bathsheba's husband Uriah. So adultery and murder. But for approximately one year, David slept soundly each night. What he had done did not bother him or trouble him at all. It was until God sent Nathan to speak to him and Nathan speaks to him in a parable and when David heard those chilling words that you are the man he was brought to repentance the sin that he had committed was brought before him David was wrecked with guilt and shame he felt that his sin smelled the stench he begins the psalm these simple words have mercy on me oh god think that the first thing that strikes you in that psalm is the simplicity to it david knew that he deserved the judgment of god and he pleads for mercy in the old testament the penalty for murder the penalty for adultery was death david knew that no one in the kingdom could pursue that course of action with the king no one could pronounce that David should be put to death because of what he had done he also knew that God could directly deal with him have mercy on me he was praying God don't bring judgment on me rather pour out your mercy upon me let your mercy reign upon me instead of judgment God had already trained mercy, reign mercy on David. God through the prophet had told him that you shall not die. Though he deserved death, God had been merciful to him. If God was not merciful to us, if we can think for a moment, who can stand before him? We sin against the God of heaven every day. We have besetting sins, we have secret sins. 
we have sins that we even don't know about. If God was not a God of mercy, where will we be? If God was to mark iniquity, as the Bible asks, who will stand? You see, this was an abominable sin. David had sinned against a holy God. He committed a sin which he had not even thought about. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 9, we are told, God, uh, God through the prophet asked David, Why have you despised the word of the Lord to do what is evil in his sight? He had not thought about the serious consequences of his sin. We think that we can sin in secret and not get exposed. We see very clearly in verse 12 of chapter 12, 2 Samuel, God tells him, For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the Son. God, David had not thought about the shame this sin, this sin will bring about. God says he will bring it to light. He'll bring it before the whole nation of Israel. And the title to this psalm, we're told it is to the choir master. This was not a psalm written for private meditation. This was a psalm written for as a public song. This was a psalm to be sung. You see, to commit a sin and stay to, let's say, approximately one year without noticing it, it means that your heart has been hardened by what Paul calls the deceitfulness of sin. He could not see the seriousness of his sin. You see, sin has a great capacity to deceive us. We can excuse our sin, we can diminish it, we can outrightly be deceived by it. And God tells David, you have despised me. You have poured contempt on me. In 1 Kings chapter 5 verse Sorry, 1 Kings chapter 15, verse, verse 5. Let me quickly read. We are told that for, because David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and did not turn aside from anything that he had commanded him all the days of his life, and then comes the statement, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. You can imagine if that was written about your life, that you walked in the ways of the Lord all the days of your life and then this wonderful life is tainted by this picture of your sin you see all sins brethren are an abomination before the Lord and this sin of David could be avoided when David was committing this sin it was his own making we're told that at that time kings went to battle and David should have gone to battle. He should be leading the nation of Israel in the battle against the Ammonites. This sin was avoidable. And David put himself in the place where he is tempted, where he will yield to sin. When Joseph found himself in the same kind of temptation with Potiphar's wife, what does he do? He doesn't hesitate one moment. He flees from her. He doesn't put himself in the place of temptation as David had done. You may be deceived to commit a sin. 
because you think that the world does it it seems okay but sin is not alright David under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit writes this psalm and he prays for mercy you see brethren as a child of God there is great hope for a sinner because God can look at you a contrite and a humble heart and he can wash away your sins there is mercy with the Lord we can go to the Lord with our sins you remember the instance where David sinned against God uh, by, by undertaking the census and he's given these three options uh, of God's judgment against him and which option does he take he says it is better to fall in the hands of God because there is mercy with God there is no mercy with men men will not be merciful to you you can go to God in your brokenness he will not despise your brokenness he will look to you and he will have mercy on you this is not about this psalm is not about the greatness of David's sin it's about the greatness of God's grace God is gracious to great sinners like us here we see the willingness of God to deal with our sin and to grant us pardon God says to David your behavior is that you have despised me but God says I pardon you because God is slow to anger abounding in mercy those who will turn to God regardless of how great their sin is regardless of how abominable your sin is he will abundantly pardon abundantly means he will multiply his pardon he is willing to rid us of all our sins he will not let us carry that sin any longer God stands before us this afternoon and is ready to forgive us the pain of guilt the shame of guilt the thought of guilt everything that you're laboring to get every effort you're taking to get rid of this sin of whatever sin you're going through in your mind in your heart you can find forgiveness in Christ remember the life of David God had blessed him king of Israel he had granted him many victories let you are told he went out and despised the Lord is this the way to repay the goodness of God even for us as we've been going through the book of Ephesians you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing when you sin against God are you not showing contempt against him David was wrecked with the pain of his guilt with a grief with a groaning his sin had grieved him and when David is speaking in this psalm he does not try to blame his sin on someone else not once does he find an excuse for his sin he was very honest and sincere he was not saying have mercy on me oh god because i'm a king 
of saying, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. David knew that his only hope is his plea, is to plea for the mercy of God. And you see, we ought to be truthful with our sin. We ought to be honest with ourselves. And when you come to God in prayer, you should ask yourself to be, to, you ask God to help you to be honest with your sins. Because unless you own up your sins, you will not be forgiven. There is no forgiveness of sins for which you do not own. You remember Adam, he did not acknowledge his sins. He blamed it on Eve. Eve did not acknowledge her sins. She blamed it on, on the serpent. But on this occasion, David acknowledged his sins. And he asked God to forgive him. This is the same prayer we are told of the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. We are told that the tax collector went to the temple. He, stu he stood far off. He could not even lift up his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast to show regret. And he prayed one simple prayer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that is the way all of us this afternoon, we go to God. We go to God telling him that from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I am a sinner. Everything about me is sinful. And you're asking God to show you mercy, not judgment, to show you mercy. Because if God was to treat you according to your sins, will be condemned eternally. The tax collector saw himself as the worst sinner in the temple. David sees himself as the worst sinner. You have the tax collector, picture of the tax collector, the picture of David the king. Both are standing before the almighty God. And there is one plea, have mercy on me. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on me. That is the same plea of a blind man. What else do we have to plead, brethren? Nothing. David looked at that place where the anger of the Lord was appeased. He looked by faith, that place where the wrath of God was satisfied. He was looking to Jesus, who was to become the propitiation of our sins. There's a hymn called at Calvary. It says, mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty. David saw that God is full of compassion. He says, according to your steadfast love, God is full of loving kindness. David saw the loving kindness of God, and that is why he directed his prayers. When our first parents sinned against God, they ran away and died. But in this case, we have someone going to God, running to God, and approaching God with his sin and pleading for mercy. He goes to God because he knew that he was answerable to God. 
He had taken another man's wife. He had taken the life of another man. He had broken the law of God. He had despised the goodness of God. Therefore, it was the forgiveness of God that he was seeking after. In spite of that, David knew that God still loved him. He says, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. God is still the same, brethren. Is full of loving kindness. David is appealing to God's character. Character, he is merciful. He is a loving God. That is his nature. That is not the God, whom the Muslims worship. The God of the Muslim is a God without mercy, without love, without kindness. Their God is merciless in dealing with offenders. And you should thank God as you sit here this afternoon. That you have a merciful God. We have a God whose very nature is love. It is in his nature that he is kind. It is in his nature that he is merciful and gracious. And how glad we ought to be with that. If this was not a God that we worship, where will you be today? We'll all be undone. The Bible says in Jeremiah 9.24, I am the Lord who practices steadfast love justice and righteousness in the earth for in these things I delight declares the Lord our God delights in loving kindness he loves to shower us with his love what a miracle of grace that is and no wonder David prayed he appealed to the loving kindness of God and he said and his sin was blot out he says blot out my transgressions To blot out means to wipe clean. David was praying that God may wipe out all his, all his sins. Lord, grant me a new start. In Revelation 20 verse 12, the Bible says, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. You can imagine having your name blotted out, blotted, blotted out from this book of life. To blot out means to remove without any trace at all. And how miserable will we be today if our sin could not be blotted out? When God removes our sin, He remembers it no more. The sin of David had defiled him. And He's asking God to do something about me, it's about it, to wash him, to cleanse him, to purge him. If you look at this old chapter, is a repetition of that. He says, wash me, blot out, verse 1 and 2, cleanse me, verse 2, deliver me, purge me. David is asking that his sin may be rid of. And he's appealing to God's character, to his mercy, to his loving kindness. You see, a person who is truly repentant, they cannot remain in their sin. 
They cannot go one day in their sin. They want to be cleansed. They want to be washed away. And may God grant us that sensitivity to be aware of our sin. And this will be our daily prayer. David had blood in his hands. He had committed murder. He had committed adultery. And he felt the filthiness of his sin. Someone has said, sin is filthy to think of. Sin is filthy to speak of. Sin is filthy to hear of. Sin is filthy to do. David realized that because of the greatness of his sin, the washing must be thorough. He needed someone to cleanse him. And that cleansing can only come through the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we sing there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And then unseen us plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. And then he says wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Cleanse me, it means to be declared clean. Erase my transgressions. Declare me clean. Our sins were laid on Christ on the cross. He paid for them and we are cleansed from all unrighteousness. Indeed, mercy was great. Grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me there my burdened soul found liberty. As a guilty, vile sinner, we deserve the wrath of God and the punishment of God. We, are, we deserve hell. But when we come, when we were saved, we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sins were washed away. And that is true repentance, brethren. As we approach the table of the Lord, May we come, be reminded that we have sinned. All of us have sinned, no matter how small your sin is. This is how all of us will approach the throne of, the throne of God, that God may be merciful to you. He may extend his steadfast love. He may show you his abundant mercy, and he may blot out all your transgressions to cleanse you from all your sins. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have washed away our sins. You have made us new creation. We pray that Christ may be magnified. We may look to him where we might find forgiveness of our sins. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.